Our Lord says to us, Ask me to write my love on your heart that you may never stray. The Eucharist is, of course, many things. It is the body and blood of our Lord. It is the strength that comes from on high. It is a place of refuge, a place of consolation. The Eucharist is so many things. But specifically for us today, Mother Church invites us in the sixth day of our novena to reflect upon the Eucharist as a source of strength. When I think about the source of strength that the Eucharist provides, I'm reminded first and foremost of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, a great, uh, great man of immense faith and immense love for the Holy Eucharist. And Archbishop Sheen was uh, one who was notable in the, the power in the, that he had in being able to, to bring souls to the Lord. It's a striking thing to hear him recount some of the things that had happened with him, how he had sat down on airplanes next to someone, and by the time they got to where they were were going, they were ready to be baptized and converted entirely to the faith. Or individuals who were hardened in sin, who who were just persevering in the worldliness, and after a conversation with them the next day, had made sacramental reconciliation, repented of their sins, and were actively discerning, and ultimately did enter, religious life. These simple encounters that he had with these individuals and profound things would happen, deep conversions. And he would recount these things, especially to priests and seminarians on their, on their retreats, to encourage them that the same can be for them because it, he knew where the power came from. He knew that it was not of himself that these things happened, but rather it was the hand of God and the power of it came from a singular place, the tabernacle. He would charge the priests and seminarians who would listen to his reflections and his retreats, he would encourage them to take up this power by committing every single day to spend an hour in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And he said, and if you do, these things will happen in your ministry as well. Archbishop Sheen rather kind of flaunted his... Eucharistic devotion, much like St. Paul when he was writing about the, the sufferings that he endured for the Lord, of how he endured shipwreck and, and, and night, nights on the sea, scourgings and days without food, days without clothing and warmth and cold and all these kinds of things, going down a whole list of ways in which he had offered himself and sufferings to the good Lord. And Archbishop Sheen would often do the same with his experiences of the, of the holy hour, of how he would be in churches that would be locked and with him inside, and he'd have to escape by means of a coal chute and be all filthy dirty, but he had spent his time with the Lord. Or how times where he was able, not able to get into the church, and there was no other place for him to go, and so he would kneel outside the church in the snow to be able to spend time with the good Lord, to make sure he did his hour. These and many other things, many stories of the difficulties that he bore, going without food, going without sleep, going without a whole variety of things, simply to make sure that his holy hour came first and those other things were set aside. Over and again, he spoke to the power of the Eucharist, the strength of God that was given to his ministry and its fruitfulness, and that it's not a unique thing. All it took was commitment to the holy hour. Our blessed Lord told us in St. John's Gospel, without me, you can do nothing. 
Without me, you can do nothing. We recognize in our weakness, if we rely upon our own strength, we will fall flat on our face every single time. But if we rely upon the strength of the Lord, much will be done. Because as we were reminded just a moment ago, the weakness of God is far greater than the strength of men. When we recognize our weakness, the Lord's strength comes to be filled. He comes to fill us and to do that which we never would have anticipated and do far more than we could ever have attempted even by our own strength. It is the Lord who comes to be strength for us, to enliven our faith, to enliven the ways in which we seek to share the gospel with others, to share the goodness of knowing Christ Jesus, to know the fruitfulness of it. The strength of the Holy Eucharist is here to encourage us in this daily journey of ours, to be able to be freed from vice and to pursue virtue. We can't do those things by our own strength. Again, without me, you can do nothing, he says. But with God, all things are possible. And so it's to have frequent recourse to the Holy Eucharist, both in the reception of Holy Communion, as well as spending time in his presence and to allow him to strengthen us. In those times of weakness, to cry out to him, and if we're able, to go to him and to beg for strength, to beg that we might not fall away from him, or as he says in the Novena Prayer, that we may never stray. The Lord provides for us this daily bread of the Eucharist to encourage us and strengthen us. And this is not something entirely new. We can look to the Old Testament and see the types that went before to prepare us for this understanding. The person of Elijah, the great prophet, who after slaying the 400 plus prophets of Baal, went off to, to flee because he knew that in, in destroying the prophets that he had slain, that they were going to seek to come to do the same to him. And so he went off to flee, guided by the Spirit. And he took rest under a tree. And he was awakened by an angel and told to eat. And there was a loaf of bread next to him. And he ate of it and went back to sleep. And the angel woke him up again and said, eat more. If you do not eat of it, you will not have the strength. You won't have the strength. And the strength was needed for him because he made a lengthy journey, sustained only by that bread that he had received from heaven, and ultimately was able to go to Mount Horeb and to climb the mountain and there to encounter the Lord and to hear that still small voice, the whisper of the will of God that led him deeper and deeper into his faith and into his ministry that was entrusted by the good Lord. We can go even farther back. The manna given to the Israelites in the desert, that miraculous bread that came down to them that had never happened before. Whenever they saw it for the first time, the word manna essentially means, what is this? They had never seen it before. It was stuff that was not, it was not normally occurring. People might say, oh, well, it's a normal thing out in the desert. If it was a normal thing in the desert, they would have known it. They would have seen it. And yet, they had never seen it. This miraculous bread that came from on high, that fell six days a week, except the Sabbath, and lasted for 40 years, every single day, without, without exception of the Sabbath, for 40 years, the manna came from down from heaven to them. And it stopped. 
the day they passed over the river into the promised land. For 40 years, the bread from heaven was given to them to be strength for the journey. And in the end, whenever the journey was complete, when they were in the promised land that was flowing with milk and honey and that had its, its, its fruits and vegetables and all the nourishment that needed already there, the manna ceased. This is what our Lord is offering with us as well. Because we too are recipients of this bread that comes from on high to strengthen us in our daily journey, to strengthen us to do the will of God, to do good and avoid evil. It strengthens us to be able to pursue his will and to allow ours to fall away. And it strengthens us ultimately to gain heavenly life. Oftentimes, whenever people think about the last sacraments or when they hear about last rites, the thought that comes to most people's mind, at least in my experience as a priest, is the anointing of the sick. People think that the last sacrament is the, the anointing with oil. Many times, I as a priest and others have recounted the same, where you walk in to anoint someone and offer them the anointing of the sick and they go, no, I'm not dying, thinking that that's the connection. The anointing of the sick, however, is not the last sacrament. It is not last rites. It's often included in conjunction with it to pray that if healing is desired by the good Lord, then we offer the sacrament that it might be able to be done. But the last sacrament for us is in fact the Eucharist, viaticum, which is uh, messing of the words of viatecum, Latin, which means with you on the way. It's the bread that is given to us to strengthen us along the journey for ourselves, the journey for the last way, the last time where we pass not over a river, but to eternal life. It's that bread that is given to us, the bread that comes from heaven, the bread that is life, as the Lord tells us. And that bread received at the hour of death is strengthening for us against the attacks of the evil one. Because we know that as one nears the hour of death, the evil one tries more and more and more intensely to pull them away. Because he knows this is the last shot. He's going to put all of his effort in. And so he will call to mind the sins of our past. And he will speak to us about the things that we have done. The things that we have failed to do. The ways in which we have fallen short. The way in which we have not sought the will of God. To seek to discourage us to bring us to despair, to doubt God's goodness, to doubt God's existence even, and to be challenged in all of this, and to lose our faith, to abandon our faith at the last, that he might claim us. And so as a remedy, Mother Church gives us this strengthening bread. This bread to nourish our body to some degree, yes, but even more so our soul, to strengthen us for that final journey where we get to hear the still small voice of God spoken to us, hopefully to enter into the kingdom and to find his rest. And this is why the church has always understood and taught that whenever we experience the Eucharist in this life, it is, it is a temporary thing. One day we will not receive the Eucharist anymore. Whenever we enter into heavenly joy, please God, there will not be the Eucharist because we will have Christ. We will have the fulfillment of everything the Lord God desires for us in the promised land. 
The Eucharist is that which is given to us on the way to unite us to him, to allow his strength to, uh, to, to fill us so that we can keep on going and ultimately to reach him and to behold his face. And so it's to rejoice in this gift of strengthening that the Lord God offers to us. That in the course of this day and the course of this week, we pray that the Eucharist would be a strength for us and that we would remember that it is strength for us. That the Holy Eucharist is indeed power. And for us not to fear our own shortcomings, not to fear our weakness, but in our weakness to turn to the Lord in his strength and to know that with him all things are possible. And so our Lord says to us on this sixth day, My child, I see in your heart a more earnest desire to serve me and honor me. Listen not to the deceptive doubts you hear being whispered about your inabilities. My strength is perfected in your weakness. Ask me for a humble and contrite heart, for that most precious of graces is a purity I cannot spurn. Ask me for ears open to obedience, and I will entrust you with much. Ask me to write my love on your heart, that you may never stray. I pursue you in love for my Father's glory and your sanctification. Do you see that it is I myself who, by my Holy Spirit, inspire your sincere prayers and petitions? You can do nothing apart from me, but you can do all things through my presence, which strengthens you. Draw near to me and bring to my Eucharistic heart this day all all of the talents I have given you and each pure desire I have placed in your heart. Whenever I call you to serve and in whatever capacity, remember that your most effective witness is to simply be passionately in love with me. Young love shines brightly on the face of the beloved. Be renewed this day in your love for me. My love for you has never fainted or grown weary. Ask me for the grace to love me more sincerely and totally. Make me your joy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.